Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Kero. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us dances the night away into Ooh, the stars. I love, I love, I love positivity, especially after everything we've been going through in the last week. And interestingly enough, it also links up to things we're going to be speaking about this episode. So if you like to dance and you like music, stay tuned. Yeah. Now, with that in mind, welcome to one of the internet's best places for gaming, entertainment, technology, lifestyle, news previews, and everything else wrapped up in the wonderful geeky lidocaine pill. See how <laughs> difficult that is, Hans. Do you, do you see now? <laughs> The moment it's on you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't even, we, do we even have lidocaine in South Africa? <laughs> I have no idea what that Basically, even is. Basically, long story short, it makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have we have different things like that in South Africa. So. I suppose so. Yeah. For those of you who are watching the video, as Edward can see, my cat is being a little bitch and keeps pushing open my studio doors. So. <laughs> is what it is <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> um ladies and gentlemen welcome to Gettle 65 season 2 episode 23 we do hope you enjoy this episode but before we begin edward how are you doing good got a headache let's hope it's not worse because it's been persisting for two days now how about you okay i am generally quite good Although okay. I suppose we should say that many people in SA are currently not all that great. We won't go, we don't really want to discuss it too much. It's just a bit of a tumultuous time that we're experiencing in the country. And for those who have been impacted, you know, our hearts go out to you all. And we do hope that on some level, there's some form of help or assistance or restitution along the way. Mm. Um, but on a happier note, <laughs> Edward... It is time for the question of the week, and I see we have nothing written here, so we're just going to go with what we spitballed before we began the yes. episode. <laughs> That's a good and idea. That, and that is, and that is, and that is. If you could use CRISPR to genetically modify your genes on to some degree, okay, but let's say you already as you are, so not like at birth or that kind of a thing, so as you are already at the moment. What would you use CRISPR for to to edit? Like, what would you edit within yourself? Um, you know, not not necessarily to make you a better person, just in any way. Like, what would you use CRISPR for, if possible? And bear in mind, and bear in mind, just to be more specific. Mm. We're not talking about like hard and we're not talking about like mutant abilities now. I mean, we're talking about realistic CRISPR use. <laughs> well, what is mutant abilities if not just basic evolution? Well, you see, uh, the thing is, I'm talking about things like flight. It's not like you're going to magically no, no one's going to magically develop okay. flights <laughs> or fire fingers or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, to answer your question, Hans, I actually don't know. I th I was thinking maybe, like you know, many people, you, you know that ability, um, that thing your your 
skin does when you're in water for a while it goes all pruney oh yes you you, yes. you know you know that's actually an adapt an adapting mechanism for your skin to be able to be able to grip easier underwater now okay. i was thinking right. of something similar to that effect for like rock climbing now i'm not thinking calluses <laughs> that you develop when you do rock climbing i'm thinking yes. like something that adapts when when your hands know you're rock climbing and stuff you know that kind of thing Okay, that's because, interesting. Because it's not a stronger grip in that sense, but but it gives you just better handle when you when you need to to grab things. And I think that yes. will come in handy in many many things. I mean, in life. okay, but that's also now assuming you have the ability to turn it on and off. You no, see, I, it's it's more like a brain thing. I think. Well, like you see, you, but your you see brain. That, but you know, that's the interesting thing about it, right? Mm. Is We've just spoken about the the water one, where that's just automatic. You don't get a choice; it just happens, and you have yes. alleged better grip underwater, right? Yes. So, if you've never had this ability before, mm-hmm. how would your body know how to adapt to it? See, anyway, that's why that's crisper. Okay, you. but no, it's not. Well, I mean, not really. Okay, it's it's so, a new gene. <laughs> so I haven't answered it myself. Um, okay. Mainly because I didn't really have an answer to it, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I think for me. It would be to CRISPR a like a super immune system, so I could just never get sick. See, that's uh, I, I was think, thinking see, that, that as to well. Me is but more it like seems effective. like the go-to. It <laughs> seems course, like what we're I mean, trying to w- do. Anyway. What else would there be? I mean, well, my understanding of of the way that like CRISPR works, it's not like you can. I mean, you can't. I, I would, at least my understanding, anyway, is that you can't do things like give yourself diamond skin. No, you know, it it would have to be more somewhat realistic, like maybe um, you like the, like the fat thing. Remember the fat gene from last week's episode, mm-hmm. whereby you could turn you could turn that gene off and then never get fat. See, so you know, it's it's more right that now. You're saying you could turn it on and off, and you you never get fat. No, but, but no, but it's turned off. You don't get the option the of turning is, it on and off. We're already trying to to get rid of sicknesses and strengthen our immune systems. So I'm thinking of if I had a choice to to change to give me a gene any type, and it's realistic, I would go that route. Okay, then maybe if if it what look you see the whole thing about it my, is that it I don't think it can directly influence physiology. So I don't think. Look, well, actually, it depends. It depends. You could maybe change your hair color, but why would you want? To, well, I mean, not okay. Every, each to their own, I suppose. If you wanted a gene that can allow you to pick any hair color at will, and that's what you grow, um, that but, sounds like see, a mutant no, ability. But, <laughs> but you see, but this is what I'm saying, though. So CRISPR is really grounded in reality. It's not about, yeah, of course, all of a sudden giving you something that's going to be crazy. Like when I'm talking about hair color, I'm talking about it just grows out a different color. It's not like you can just at a flick of a finger you have blonde hair now and then you have purple hair or whatever the case is. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, because so, you change your pigments or whatever. Well, well, yes, yes. And that takes time to grow out and so on and so forth. Um, Maybe, actually, actually, this might be an interesting one, right? If we could CRISPR other things into us, right? So what if you could CRISPR the ability for an octopus to camouflage into your skin? See, but if you've never had but you before, see, how would but you? But you see, that, that's no, exactly. See, see that's my other, the other point now. You see, so, I, see, I, I, we need to, you know what? We need to really understand CRISPR a little bit better. Like, like, can you CRISPR brand new things in? 
or is CRISPR more like just unlocking your current genetic capability? Well, because if that's the case, then I would like to have um, steroid-like muscles and strength, and (laughs) and no fat. Thank you, and perfect eyesight. How I understand CRISPR at the moment is obviously all experimental, but it's modifying genes to do new or other things as far as i know that's what crispr currently is trying to do especially with the immune system um so if you can modify your skin to just go pruney whenever you rock climb i guess but more like a calluses pruney i think that's still realistic i don't know how i would i would then maybe change mine to be um Avoid skin cancer, and by that yeah, I don't that's mean, a good and, one. and by that I don't mean crispering in the inability to get cancer. No, crispering, <laughs> yeah. crispering in just fighting. No, it no, your a melanin level that doesn't change my pigment, but allows me to no longer be susceptible to UVB, yeah. UVA. See, that's uh, th- yeah. I dig that. See, like that, yeah. that would be cool. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know. It, it, we look, know nothing about CRISPR. <laughs> no, no. It no. must be don't, said. No, no. Don't be BSing our listeners now. We know enough. It's just that it's okay, so yeah. new and novel that the understanding of exactly what it can do, they still don't know. So, yeah. you know, it's not like it's not like we're talking out of turn here because it's entirely possible that you could CRISPR an, a, a baby before they're born to be yes. a certain way, like even a different color. Yeah, like okay, the island but, but, kind but of shit. Our question, yeah. yeah, exactly. Our question wasn't that. Our question was mm. you right now. If yes. you could CRISPR one thing out or into your body, what could it be? So then from a realistic perspective, mm. um, you know, enhancing your this, your melanin strength is yes. possible, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, more so even than, than maybe changing how your skin reacts. I mean, you know, because anyway, it doesn't matter. Either way, I think your thing is very cool. And I think... If you had to pair that with my one, you could rock climb all day and <laughs> have to worry. See? Which means our babies would be like super rock climbers, you know? <laughs> well, so, look, with this question in mind, we'd love to hear from all of you. Hmm. What would you, CRISPR? And yeah. please, not things like, you know, bigger penis or bigger boobs. That's not like actual genetic differences like i maybe mean i would different eye color. Penis, but i mean uh, <laughs> if you need to sure uh, <laughs> but yeah we're talking obviously about things more like what would you use every day what can you what would be practical like, what would like, be like like another cool thing right might be you know crispering in the inability to 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 never get a cavity yeah actually hey? mm. right and and I, I assume That's that might idea. then even go <laughs> to enhancing bone strength. So you could almost have like an adamantium-like skeleton. Is that what I mean? Yeah, just super bones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I suppose it's something to make you happy at, at the very least. Yes. Right? Mm. A little bit like music. Wouldn't you agree, Edward? I would. Music is... The language of life. And so. happiness, according to science. <laughs> <laughs> so according to a group of researchers from the University of Missouri in the United States, they have determined what is the happiest song on earth. Now, 
I have a few issues with the study, but that aside, we'll rather just, let's just get to what they, they say it is and we'll speak about it. And then I'll tell you what I think about it. Now, you know, for most people who enjoy music, it's obvious that music can make you happy because I mean, Edward and I have spoken in the past about music and prison, right? How mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that is susceptible to like a really incredible sounding piece of music that'll give me goosies. Yeah. And so, you know, that makes sense that music can maybe make you sad. It can make you happy, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, with that in mind, like I said, scientists decided, okay, well, if it can make you happy, what would the happiest song on earth be? And they went through um, actually creating a scientific formula to determine this. And they looked at over 126 songs over a 50 year period. And they surveyed mm. 2,000 British people, right? So that okay. already should let you know one of my issues with the study because it's not a universal. So, you know, for them to say the happiest song on earth is a little bit misleading because you've only sampled 2,000 Caucasian British people. Or maybe not Caucasian, just 2,000 British <laughs> European people. And, you know, that's, that means it's European culture, which therefore means it's Western culture. So what about the East and Africa? Anyway, that's all. that's all I wanted to get through that with um mm-hmm. and anyway so what they did is they looked at a variety of songs um in particular they looked at the beats per minute the key of the theme and then they also analyzed the lyrics and can you guess which group came out on top i won't tell you the name of the song just yet but i'm just wondering if you can guess which group what do you mean which group group like song songwriters group of people artists which artist came out on top? Yeah, yeah. Is it something stupid like Rebecca Black, or no. <laughs> or Justin Bieber? Okay, so think British. Even yeah. Though I, I think he was British. I can't remember who was British. Anyway, Queen. Queen came out on top. He was. British. All right. Okay, there we yeah. go. So he came out on top. Um, okay, in particular, that's cool. it was the song "Don't Stop Me Now." Right, that's everybody. Okay. Like, can you immediately like, yeah, yeah? I, I get I, that. I, can I get that. You know? that yeah. yeah. Um. So what they did is they they looked at this and then they through some sort of form of a scientific analysis they determined that the average tempo of a feel good song, specifically from pop, is around about 118 beats per minute. However, however, this particular song, "Don't Stop Me Now," is 140 to 150 beats per minute. So Therefore, leading some credence to the fact that, yeah, the higher the beats per minute, the happier the song feels, which in some respects, I'm like, definitely mm. not um, some electronic music, in particular, dubstep. <laughs> like when you hear that, I feel like I just want to like scream because it's so like, it's more trance than anything else. And, you know. Anyway, it was just, I, I thought it was fascinating. But now you see, so this is my whole thing is that I, I take, I, I'm, this is a cool study and all, you know, but to, it's mm-hmm. misleading to say the happiest song on earth. And as maybe in that respect, it's not possible to get enough of a sample size for everybody on earth, you know, and maybe, you know, the Chinese and Indian populations, which have some of the largest populations on earth would have wildly different music, you know? Mm. But with that said, it would have been nice if the study was expanded. Maybe they went to each continent or, you know, baby of a lot of people, determined what the top song was there, and then decided if there was a correlation between them. 
you see? And then I suppose you might have to then look into the cultural differences, like what actually makes people happy in India and China versus, um, you know, Europe. Um, anyway, I'm thinking a little bit too much into it now. Basically, if you like Queen, you'll be happy to know that this particular song, Don't Stop Me Now, is allegedly one of the world's happiest songs. Okay, that's cool. And that's we're not cool. going to be sampling it in the podcast because... Copyright infringement. We don't so. want to be DMCA'd. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Now, of course, um, another little tidbit that we just just decided to throw in is um, something to do with Bluetooth, because we all know that 90% of the time, if you're listening to something, it's most likely from a mobile device, because you know, we do mm-hmm. live in the 21st century. And generally, a speaker connected to a mobile device is connected via Bluetooth. If you are more fortunate than most, you might even have a Wi-Fi enabled speaker. But, you know, we're just talking about Bluetooth right now. And with that in mind, I'm very curious to know, Edward, how much do you know about the Bluetooth symbol? I know it's a rune and that's it. Mm. That's literally my extent of the Bluetooth symbol. Well, Uh, that's, that's more than most, I would imagine. (laughs) <laughs> I only well to be fair I only know it's a rune because I got into Norse mythology um quite early on um that's very along, cool along the same time that I got into Roman mythology and Greek mythology so ah. but I, I don't know that as much as I do Roman ah so, okay yeah. fair enough well look you you're spot on it 100% has to do with um you know symbology uh, in in this sense the, from what I understand, the history of Bluetooth, the name, began when engineers Jim Kardash and Sven Mattison, and hopefully I'm saying those names correctly, they met over <laughs> beer and they realized that truthfully, they needed something catchy for their newest technology. <laughs> so as with all things, you know, it started off with two mates talking and re- wondering what could be called this that will make people speak about it all the time, Right. Hmm. And so they their conversation apparently led to the history of Vikings, which makes sense, you know, given their own heritage, um, mm-hmm. including the king of Denmark, who allegedly was called Harold Bluetooth Gormson. And therefore, you know, through those discussions, they thought, well, why not call it Bluetooth? Because apparently this king had a dead tooth, which was said to have a giant dark blue gray color. And that's why he had the name Bluetooth. Oh, and yeah. so <laughs> um, a little bit more into their history. It turns out that this Bluetooth king, um, he was credited for uniting Norway and Denmark. And so the engineers who developed Bluetooth thought that this was befitting of the technology because it would allow different devices to communicate with each other, in particular, like the PC and the mobile phone. Mm. Hey, don't you think that, that's, that's, that's cool, super cool in a way? Right? And I only just remembered that Harold Bluetooth is in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <gasps> is he really? Yeah. That's so cool. Because you know him as King Harold. You, you meet him like at the beginning of the game, I think. <gasps> and then... That's- <laughs> and that's Harold Bluetooth, I found out. <laughs> I only... Uh, and I googled it just to make sure. And it is Harold Bluetooth. It is the guy. No, that's, that's cool. so cool. Okay, well, there we go. So essentially what the, the, the two engineers wanted to do was to give the technology uh, an apt name, you know, something that brings things together, which Bluetooth technically does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this sense, because of what King Harold Bluetooth did, they thought it was apt, and so they did it. But there's a little bit more to it than that, though. And this is the, the, the interesting part, is the actual symbol, 
right? It has a little bit of a hidden secret. And, you know, of course, I've spoken about my love for ARGs and and oh, and cults, which we'll speak about a little bit later. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, apparently the Bluetooth logo has two letters, and they're the Nordic runes for H, Harold, and B for Bluetooth. So it stands for Harold Bluetooth. <laughs> oh, so it's two runes in one because I know yes, of the B yes. and that's it. It's it's two runes in one. Yeah, it's a mix uh, okay. of H and B. Isn't that uh, cool? So I mean, think cool. about it. It's this. It's become this ubiquitous technology that everybody just uses. And when you see that symbol, you know it means Bluetooth. But now, yeah. you know a little bit more about it. Hey, that's a little bit cool. more of a little you know Nordic tinge to your 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 daily tech. You know, that's little cool, tidbit yeah. to tell to talk to people about. That's now, that's super cool. Yeah, we're going to move on to something that I'm very excited to speak about, and that is Marvel's Loki. Mm. So my family and I we just finished binging season one of Loki, and it is exceptional. It is an incredible show. So. I've already, I mean, I'm, we're all big fans of Marvel. We enjoy the Marvel Universe and, you know, the movies and that kind of thing. And, you know, they, their move into TV has been an interesting one to watch. Namely because, you know, the One Division show, which was, which was incredible, was also a once-off. Because both, you know, uh, Vision is dead and uh, Wonder Maximov needs Whoa, to star spoilers. in future, future. He was dead in Endgame. Jeez. It's like years <laughs> ago already. Anyway, um, so it's it's interesting how they've they've done it because even Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a once-off. You know, yes. it was just to, to sh- uh, bridging the gap and to show us how um, uh, the Falcon becomes the new Captain America. Yeah. Now Loki is ever so slightly different. Now I was fully expecting it to be this in the same vein. Uh, you know, a once-off season of something, and that's it. But, but the very, very, the finale has a very small, it's not even an end credit scene, I suppose, but it's just a little thing that pops up and it says, Loki will return for season two. And when I saw that, I was like, that is fantastic. I'm very, 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 very happy to see that. So uh, to try and make this somewhat brief, Loki takes place, um, in 2012, so I think it was the the first Avengers film, right? With the Battle of New York. Yes. Yes, yes. It takes place there whereby we all know that in Endgame, they all go back in time using the Infinity Stones and then they try to get the Tesseract and in so doing, they accidentally allow Loki to escape. Now, what that happens and what you find out when you start watching the show is that he was never meant to escape, as you know. We all know yep. he never escaped in the timeline that we're used to. So his new escape causes a branch in what you eventually come to realize is a universal timeline. A, a timeline that is being kept by the three masters of time. And they ensure that, the, that breaks in the timeline don't happen. Because if they do, it can be devastating. There's much more to it than that. I'm trying to do my best to not not necessarily avoid spoilers but just to you know it's it's a it's such a great watch it's so good i don't want to like i'd love for those of you who who do watch it to experience the revelations as they come right so 
What I'm hearing is that they're sending in Doctor Who to to stop this Loki from messing Do you mean Doctor up. Strange instead of Doctor Who? No, not Doctor Strange because <laughs> he's he's with Spider-Man okay. somewhere. Okay, at the hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so the, the the whole the whole the whole point that I'm getting at is that Loki doing what he did causes a branch in the timeline, mm-hmm. and as a result, he gets captured by the TVA, which is the Time Variance Authority. All right, and then he gets taken to this place in the middle of time. I guess nobody knows where it is exactly. And it turns out that he is now a variant of the Loki that we know of. Meaning that because, you know, the time branched off, he became something else, right? Yeah. yeah. And then <clears throat> this is all happens in the first episode, within the first couple of minutes. So I'm not really messing anything up here. Mm-hmm. And so you then learn that, Lo- that Loki is a variant and the show then deals with that. What does it mean to be a variant? Um, how different are you to... The other Loki. Are there more Lokis out there? I mean, if this Tom Hiddleston Loki got purged from his timeline, doesn't that mean that other Lokis from other multidimensional timelines could have got purged as well? Mm. Needless to say, the show does a phenomenal job of looking at all of those aspects. And there's a really cool revelation towards the middle and the end about the people who work in the TVA and what the three time masters actually mean, including, and don't Google this if you don't want to have spoilers, all about He Who Remains, which is a brand new character that I've just learned about. And from what I understand, the little bit of knowledge that I do have of Marvel's increasingly growing Marvel Cinematic Universe and their histories is he Who Remains is going to tie into both the Eternals movie as well as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Um, I, and I, I won't say who or why, um, but the little bit that I've seen, it's just, it's very, very interesting. And the show is superbly acted. The visual effects are decent. They're a little bit more TV than they should be for movies. And overall, it's just an incredible show that draws you in to the mystery and does a mm. great job of just giving you little bits, little bits that, that you know, and you keep wanting to know more, you keep wanting to know more and it is so worth binging. I would have hated to have watched this week by week. Okay. That's yeah. cool. That's basically Loki is exceptional. And if this is the kind of quality we can expect from future Marvel shows, specifically what I mean in the sense of taking a character and allowing them to thrive in their mm. own way, in their own stories, then, then consider me very excited. Because, you know, like I said, it's, it's a departure now from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and um, Division, you know, which were one-offs. We yeah, know yeah, Loki's yeah. getting a second season and I am genuinely excited to know where it's going to go because of how it ties into everything, but also more so because of what they've set up and mm. the variants that exist. And I just, I, I want to know more. I'm very excited to see what happens. That's it's cool. very, 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 very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wonder why then people are really divisive about the, the show on the internet. Are like, they really? Like, uh, sure, the ratings are up there, but I've seen like many people come out in saying that it's not that great. It's overhyped and it's it's it doesn't make Look, sense perhaps, for many of them. 
Yeah, perhaps um, one of one of the things that I'm that I'm that might be leading towards that is how we've previously seen how powerful Loki is. All yeah. right. That is very much thrown to the wayside in the show. Now, they do a decent enough job of, of explaining why his magic doesn't work in the TVA. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then the show doesn't always take place in the TVA. So then you have then you're left wondering how powerful is Loki really? You know, and the show therefore makes viewers realize he's actually a lot less powerful than we yeah. have given him credit for in the movies. Well, and maybe to, to, maybe that's what people are disliking, you know? To be fair, um it sounds like the show is also taking Loki much uh, uh, they're they're showing Loki much more raw than uh, like he should be closer to the yeah. comics more than yeah. that he was made out to be, uh, because I know um, at least from my knowledge of Loki in the MCU, he most of his power came from the came from his staff, and the staff had mm. the Tesseract, and, he no and then when he that. lost that, he yeah. got he got um, caught, and then that's the version of Loki in the in the show now, as far as I know. So remember, he's just a god of mischief. Nothing else. Look, that's a very astute observation, Edward. Um, look, look, I, look. I personally thoroughly enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. There were moments where I was a bit like, "Oh, surely he can get out of this." You know, why mm. is he mm. not doing anything? But overall, the things that happened, I thought it was great. I mm. really, really thought it was great. You know, it's not it's not too far removed from like the original Doctor Strange movie. You know, where he goes and he fights that like god, that like literal demon that like comes in the movie. Whatever I forgot what it was called. Dormammu. Right? Dormammu. There we go. Like, if you can get bored on that, you can totally get bored on what's happening in Loki. <laughs> uh, I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not that far removed from what you would expect from a a Marvel movie or a Marvel TV show. It, it is very fantasy though like i a part of me wants to say sci-fi but um it's a it's it's kind of i I really do think it's more fantasy though so yes there's some sci-fi elements to it but it's more fantasy it's more high fantasy in the sense of um you know it's got to do with magic but then time and timelines and multi multiple dimensions and it's clear they're setting up the future i Mm. don't want to say what happens at the end in the finale but it's very clear that Loki is behind everything that's happening in phase five. <laughs> that's cool. Um, remember the good old days when fantasy and magic didn't exist in the MCU and it was just Tony Stark and his technology. Look, I'm, I, I, when, I mean, I'm just so glad that Thor came in and modified it all, you know. And, yeah, and Loki has been an incredible character throughout the movies. And mm-hmm. he's still a great character. I would say he's less one-dimensional in the TV show. He's more nuanced. You know, you see sides of him in the show that you just didn't see or you don't get to see in the movies because, simply put, he's never had a feature film to explore them. He's always mm. been a sideline character, you know, where Thor was the main and other characters were the main and Loki just came in as as comic relief, you know. For a yeah. time, he was the, the big bad, right? But then eventually, comic relief. And so the show, in my opinion, even though it's not the same Loki, just that's something to very much remember. It's the same Loki, but not the same Loki. It's 2012 okay? Loki. 
Yeah. Y- yes, it's, yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's not it's not 2019 Thanos dead Loki, right? Yes. And you know things happened between 2012 and 2018 yeah, he, or whatever the case is. He or grew. rather it is since 2012 since we since he first was caught, we saw the character develop throughout the movie. Yes. Yes. Because yes. he changed. He he became a really stand-up guy in uh, by 2019. Correct. And now 2012, that was still the mischievous Loki. So, so I assume that's going to play a big role. It's 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 a bit of both. So not to give too much away, but he does he does eventually. It all happens in the first episode. So <laughs> this 2012 Loki watches through his tape of the original Loki who dies by Thanos's hand. He so, watches the movies. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It sounds. It sounds funny, but like he literally watches it, and and that actually gives him, you know, can you imagine how emotional that must be? Imagine yeah, like watching you, your yourself, your future self, and then your death. Mm. You know, that's like how how do you get over that? You know. Yeah. So this Loki, in some ways, is that Loki that we know, but now also is is a little bit different. Hmm. And that's because he has to be, you know. Yeah. Now, with that in mind, we know that um, we know that Loki has great hair, <laughs> luscious hair, um, mm-hmm. and you know he does. He doesn't really seem to age all that much, Edward. So, yeah. with that in mind, though, he does. I, I would imagine Loki could be quite stressed, and I want to know <laughs> if you knew that stress. Causes gray hair. <laughs> oh, of course, we knew. It was, that was I a bit think of a, I knew that. that. Was, I was trying <laughs> I was to like... do some sort of a random ass segue there, but I realized <laughs> that this segue is better for the next point. But but I, I tried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we all know that there's a link between stress and gray hair. All right. Yeah. But did you know that there is also a link between de-stressing and hair color returning? So Did you if know? I'm going through a bad <laughs> rut, I'm going to have like a patch of hair. The moment I I ha- go happy again, uh, I'm going to have like this this white stripe in my hair that grows out. Is what you're saying? So it's it's a very interesting uh, topic that some scientists have looked into, right? And what they found is that yes, 100% stress can cause gray hairs. However, just because your hair is growing gray from stress doesn't mean it's permanent. So what they actually found is that repigmentation is a thing. And that okay. can happen from being very stressed to becoming calm. <laughs> you calm see? like you should be now. Yes, like I am now because Cobalt <laughs> keeps opening the door and it's irritating me beyond belief. And I'm doing my very best to lead the conversation on so that you can keep talking so that I can close the door, Edward. <laughs> because I can't speak and do it at the same time, just in case you were wondering why it's remained open all this time. <laughs> For those of you who are watching the video. <laughs> well. Well, Edward, so why I don't, don't you give, talk to us a little bit about what you think gray hair means and... You're getting old. What... No, you know what I'm saying now because I'm going to go and close the door. So you need to handle this. Thank you. I don't know anything about gray hair other than it stresses people out. Uh, well, it's caused by being stressed out and it's caused by age. 
I know balding is also caused by age, but that's not the well, case. Balding is a little bit, it's caused a little bit more from hormonal changes, specifically yeah. uh, with like, you know, like testosterone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, look, the, 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 the TLDR of this is less stress, better hair. <laughs> Well, that and, makes you know, sense, but with with all the stuff that's going on in South Africa at the moment, <laughs> well, actually, look, wait, wait, wait. I actually have something to add to this quickly. I've got something to add to yeah, this quickly. Yeah, so, yeah. I did. I had no grey hairs, all right, until after our house burned down. Then they they so in, in the six months after that they've started appearing. See, but there, there are two ways you can look at that now, Hans. One is obviously the stress. The other is you obviously got older. No, no. What are you talking about? I'm forever 28. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, so you're forever 28, but, but the days have moved on and you're still 28. So something's okay, got to okay, give. Look, look in, 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 all, in all, yes, in all fairness, in all fairness, it is obviously possibly also I mean, my age, but the 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 coincidence between the fact that that major life event happened and then mm-hmm. and then us also remember getting attacked early last year i think i have seen the gray come out a lot more yeah. than it was previously and now yeah you know it, it could also very well be an age thing but i just feel that that's partially more the case especially like in my beard like I have a very dark, dark beard, but I've seen like and what, you've like, noticed light spots. I've seen I've seen some little bits that are peeking out now, and I'm like, well, that's new. <laughs> yeah, see, I was about to say like I don't have explicitly grey. Well, I do like have one that keeps coming out around there, but I do some of my my patches of my beard are growing lighter. Like oh. this one specifically, you see, it looks almost grey. If you look quick, this would be a good thing for CRISPR. Crisper your hair to never lose color. I don't know. I don't mind that. I, I, don't, I, would I don't mind I would be happy going to do gray. It. Because, no, this actually leads me to something else. So, you know, for the yeah. longest period of time, okay, trying to solve hair loss, right? That's what, see that, that. You could crisper your hair to never fall out of your head and for your hair to fall out all of the places you don't want it, like your ass, okay? That's what would be, that'd be a, a wonderful the, crisper. All the hair okay? go up top. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, let it fall off everywhere except for your neck up, okay? Um, anyway, we are so monkeys. What what they've actually done? What they've actually done is there are stem cell solutions to bringing back hair color, and I thought that was very interesting because I didn't. I mean, we all know that stem cells can be used for a lot of things. Now, imagine some like stem sh- stem cell shots in CRISPR. I think the future is going to be very exciting. Very exciting. Hey, okay. you know, this will get big pushback. Lots and lots of people Why? will be like, oh, no, no, don't modify only our if bodies. You're like genetic engineering this is the your child work. before before it like pops out, maybe. But afterwards, if you want to cybernetically or genetically listen, enhance yourself, let me give many of those people a lesson. Simply drinking coffee genetically modifies <laughs> your body before your child pops out. Wait, excuse me. Tell me how. Tell me more. No. It's you are what you eat, and you are oh, what your parents. I thought you were ate. giving me some like amazing coffee factoid. No, <laughs> everything, everything affects your sperm. No, it affects yes. your. There genes. is truth to what you're saying, and there have been studies into um, genetic predisposition of mm-hmm. sports. I don't know if you know about this, whereby yeah. they look at like rugby players' children and then determine their proficiency for 
the sport or the skill that their parents were very proficient in. And what they've actually found mm. is there is genetic traits passed down through your genetic material. And I think that's absolutely yeah. fascinating. So it's, yeah, it's not it's to say that if you're a genius, cool. your children will be a genius, but it's more to say no. like <laughs> if, if, if you're musically proficient or if you have a proficiency for languages, there's a good chance your child will as well or one of your children mm-hmm. will. Yeah. So that in itself is fascinating, right? It's amazing. It explains my hair loss. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Maybe that's why Black Widow was such a good killer. Yes, especially because she kept changing hair all the time. Thank you for that wonderful segue, Edward. First time in a very long time that I have been impressed. <laughs> Look, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Edward is, is spot on. So we all know a Marvel's Black Widow. She's been... <coughs> the the sideline avenger for a very very long time for over a decade actually well there are two of and those. we've been who talking about hawkeye nobody cares about yes. that bitch anyway so <laughs> listen he's getting a tv show okay i somehow feel that that's a lot An a lot more of a, a, a no it's not animated it's physical is it are you sure yes yes what's his oh, name okay, is reprising well, his role Good. I, I think it's unfair because I think ScarJo deserves far more. If anybody deserved a TV show, Black Widow deserves a TV show because that would have made me relive my alias days. And you know I've been dying for an alias TV show. Anyway, anyway. But she got a movie. movie. Isn't, that better? <laughs> Isn't that like... Sort of, I guess. <laughs> more, more so, it's like she finally got the big screen treatment that everybody's been hoping for because hmm. other than Captain Marvel, which nobody cares about, um, Black Widow is the actual female on the Avengers team that people have been wanting to learn more about. You know, not just um, from her background and that, but you know what, what made who she is and mm. where else does she fit into the universe. And in that sense, the Black Widow film from Marvel is very, very, very good. In fact, we actually have a, a new writer on Vamus. So shout out to Ariel. Hello. Um, if you're listening... Um, she she rated the movie as exceptional. And although I, I somewhat disagree a little bit with her with her her rating, I do understand why she gave it such a high rating. And the reason for that is because Black Widow is testament to strength of a female character. She is, you know, she's physically strong, she's mentally strong. She knows how to lead and she's just a, she's just an incredible character that fans have long wanted to know so much more about and yet she never got a film. Now, the recent Black Widow film, unfortunately, is not an origin story, but it's also an origin story. (laughs) Uh, I get that. You know, what I mean by that is like, if you remember Iron Man, it was very it was very clearly laid out. Like it starts yeah. with Tony Stark, Tony Stark billionaire, <laughs> Tony Stark. Uh, whatever. <laughs> he eventually gets captured, then he has to create the tech, you know, blah blah blah. Now, what Black Widow does instead is it shoehorns in a missing period between Civil War and I think Age of Ultron. It's either Age of Ultron or Infinity War, right? I think Age of Ultron, and um, it's basically after like the Zokovia Accords and stuff like that, you know, the King of Wakanda gets attacked and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it takes place in that period to show you what Natasha Romanov did 
when she wasn't with the Avengers. Because as you all know, every time there's a new Avengers solo film, the other Avengers are nowhere to be seen. And you're always like, why? Right? Yeah. So this is partly like explaining why. So mm-hmm. in this particular instance, it's because the Avengers are kind of split up. You know, there's a Zakovia cause and so on and so forth. Um, actually, I think it's just before, yeah, it, it is just before Age of Ultron, right? Because, no, no, after, sorry, it's after Age of Ultron. Because Zakovia happened afterwards. It happened during Age of Ultron. It happened, there we go. Sorry, yes. Yeah, in the end. So it's between Civil War and Infinity War. Okay, because Civil War happened after Age of Ultron. Um, so anyway, you know, Marvel timeline. Anyway, um, with that said, it does do a wonderful job of further fleshing out her character as a young person. So you see a young Natasha Romanoff. You see a little bit of what happens to her, but there isn't enough of what happens to her. You, do you get what I'm seeing? You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they yeah, yeah. allude to many of the things that happen to her when she's young and how she gets pulled into becoming a Black Widow and that. But I personally would have loved to have seen a, a movie almost in the vein of Red Sparrow. Uh, I don't know if you've okay. seen that film. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Um, the, the, the lady from Hunger Games. I've forgotten her name now. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> um, so she she stars in Red Sparrow, which is almost a very similar concept, except that movie is a little bit more X-rated. All right. Um, but that's the kind of origin I would have loved to have really seen from Natasha Romanoff. You know, how she becomes how she actually becomes a Black Widow and then defects. You know, you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, this movie is still fantastic because what this movie does instead is it showcases her family. You know, how was she brought up? Did she have parents? Did she, does she have siblings? So you see all of those. And then the movie embellishes upon that by showcasing how family is so much more important than being a caped crusader. And I love that aspect of it because it's far more grounded of a development for a character than almost any of the other Marvel origin stories That's that we've cool. seen, you know? Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, it almost doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. Because sure, it's got incredible humor. But um, I just mean, you know, it's it's less superhero and more family dynamic mixed with the situation that they were in and what they need to do to destroy the situation. And overall, there is a much bigger thread that is also tied throughout the film. And it has to do with... Um, human trafficking, specifically young women. And although it's a very thin thread, what I really, really, really enjoyed about it is how the film didn't push woman empowerment to the forefront. Now, I believe in empowering women more so than many of the other causes out there because I feel that women as a gender have been persecuted far longer than pretty much anything else, all right? Yeah. And... What I mean by that and about this movie is that it wasn't gratuitous in your face and it, that wasn't what the whole movie was about. So it wasn't like um, Wonder Woman 1989 where it was all like girl power, girl power, girl power and then the movie was rubbish. Not rubbish because of girl power, girl power, girl power. It was rubbish because the movie was rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just bad. It was just <laughs> not very bad. good. But, but what was sad about that though is that it was a bad film pushed as a means of furthering women empowerment but it did such a bad job of it. Mm. Whereas... Black Widow, they don't push that as, you know, you know, empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. They're just like, you know what? Yes, they are strong. They are intelligent. We don't have to say so because you can mm. see it. And exactly. I loved, loved, loved that aspect of it. It was mm. like 
one of the big things for me, and this really made me, it uh, made me quite a, a little bit emotional. So obviously I watched it with my parents and my mom exclaimed towards the end. She got so like, ex- she, she loved the film and she doesn't really enjoy, you know, Marvel action, you know, that kind of thing. Superhero stuff. Yeah. And she exclaimed, she said, she goes, wow, look at that. Look how powerful women can be. And I just like, I just thought to myself, how, how wonderful, firstly, okay, that this is the message she got from the movie without it constantly telling you about it. All right. Meaning they did a wonderful, a perfect job, in my opinion. But mm. secondly, how it was a bit sad for me because I was like, my mom obviously has, was brought up and grew up in a very different era, a different time where maybe, you know, the voice of a of strong woman were not as prevalent as they are today. And so it's why I'm really happy that movies like this exist. Mm. That young woman today, or of any gender really, because the movie is about empowerment for anyone, but specifically showing that if you're a woman, you can do anything. You really can. That's cool. You know, and I I love I just I loved that aspect of it. So I'm like, anyway, I just lo- I loved it. And and when I think about it like that, I would then say absolutely the movie is exceptional because it it gives you a message of empowerment without making it the focal point, and that is a mm. very difficult thing to do properly. And I think they did an, an, a very good job in Black Widow. That's cool. Well, I mean, the bet it will have to have right after ten years of pushing her to the sidelines. Okay. It's the least well, thing that he will do. <laughs> she was an integral part of the Avengers, okay? Without her, Endgame wouldn't have happened. Well, you see, she kept that, everyone together. Yes, that's the other beautiful part about it is that when you watch this movie and you see everything she goes through and you see her family and that, it, it makes her sacrifice in Endgame just that much more powerful, you know? Mm. Anyway, it's, it's a, I thought it was a, it's a great film. It's a great film. If you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, do it. Um, there's some fantastic actors in it as well, including David Harbour, Florence Pugh, and Rachel Wise. Um, specifically Florence Pugh, because there's a cool after credit scene. Um, I do think that Pugh is most likely going to be taking up the mantle of Black Widow going forward. And if that's the case, I think she's going to do a fantastic job because she was excellent in this movie. Um, in, in many okay. scenes, she she stole the show. I mean, let me just that's leave cool. it at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sister character. Uh, yes. So in the film, okay. um, she's Yelena, which is supposed to be okay. Natasha's younger sister. Um, okay, cool. And then you know they reunite in the film, and it's 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 good. It's I don't look. I'm also don't know much about Taskmaster and stuff. So like I know a lot of people online are hating on it, saying the film ruined Taskmaster. Blah blah blah. I'm just like, well, I didn't know about the law beforehand, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So you know, don't. Don't go into it thinking it's everything you know. I mean, Marvel is allowed to make changes. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. A friend and I recently um, spoke about Taskmaster in particular because I don't see the hate for him. I see the love for him. People are saying, oh, we need more originally, originality like Taskmaster in the MCU. And, and, I told, oh. um, and I told him that, well, as original as going as far back as 40 years in the comics, I guess, because he was literally f- uh, first seen 40 years ago in the comics. Um, but but then it got me thinking that the MCU has, has long since not been an offshoot of the comics anymore. It's, it's yes, a thing of its, its, its own, own thing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's what people mean when they either hate it or love it. It's, it's more a fact of 
us. Even if it's an original comic thing, the 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 different kind of villain Taskmaster is is what's needed in the MCU now. Because I believe how, he's very how proud. so? Because I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about Taskmaster. No, neither do I. Uh, I don't know a lot. I just know that he, um, I, he was first issued in 1980, I believe, in the Avengers comics. He was an original. I believe he was a Thor villain. No, he was a Spider-Man villain, I think. Um, okay. I, I I only remember that. And all I know is he was this guy who used tools. He's basically an evil Batman, I I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and I think that's what people mean, which is that he's this grounded villain. He's not a super oh, magical villain, you know? Maybe that's what people mean. I, I don't know. I don't want to say anything because yeah, rather um, not. Yeah, yeah. You need <laughs> yeah. watch the watch the film. I'm I'm curious. You know, watch it when you get a chance, mm-hmm. and then we can speak about what you thought of the Taskmaster in there versus maybe even the game. Mm. You know, because you recently you did also review Marvel's Avengers from Square Enix. The game. So yes, and he was okay. in that as well, but tiny role. Now with with that in the with, with going finishing this Black Widow review, we're moving on to changing borgs i don't know what this is about edward so i'm sorry there's no way that we could do a a proper segue into this so just just talk to us about oh well <laughs> well you could say the taskmaster is changing the mcu like the borgs assimilate um the civilizations they touch or whatever in star trek um, but, not really but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know anything about black widow Anyway, um, yeah, I found this super interesting thing that scientists found um, DNA sequences of 19 different um, extra chromosal, um, what do you call it? Not elements, uh, beings, I guess, extra chromosal beings, which they call orgs because... It seems like these Borgs, they assimilate um, every other cell they touch and oh. they come in contact with, which means, um, for those who don't know, assimilate is basically to learn, to to copy, I guess. Is, okay, is a so term. what I'm seeing here is there are extra chromosomal elements, okay? Yes. So meaning that these, these DNA sequences are found outside of the chromosomes that lie within the nucleus of a mast cell. Yes. Interesting, so basically, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so basically they exist outside of what we are used to. They're, they're yes. brand new to science. Um, there are 19 examples of them found, and they've all been sequenced into about four categories and color-coded. Gosh, is um, this, I feel like the, we don't need one of these. I feel like... It sounds scary, <laughs> but the scientists that found them actually think that they can aid with climate change. Oh. Um, because because the reason they um, can assimilate other cells and genes, they also um, show um, that they share elements of I forgot the word now. It's a long word, but methanoproteins, methanoproteins, which are basically the. Um, uh, Methane, methane I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's little cells that can change that 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 can um draw from from methane. Okay, so I, I see that whatever these borgs the are that you're talking so, about, right? They they 
they share genes and proteins with other organisms that oxidize methane called methanotrophs. Oxidize, that's the word I was looking there for. There we go. Yes. So which okay, means they then belong they to the genus m- m- methanopridines. <laughs> yes, which means essentially they think they can help change the climate for the better. Um, they can take all of the um, greenhouse gases you know, out of the it, soils and stuff we use every in our week, farming. Every week on Reddit, it's some miraculous mm-hmm. discovery like this. And then this it just disappears into the ether. And you never hear about it again. And I always have to wonder to myself, what is happening? Like, I feel like we've already cured cancer I, like 20 times. I think <laughs> the reason we they disappear is because, unlike the mRNA stuff that was super fast-tracked, these things go into a cycle of 50 years of research. And, that you know, I think that's why we don't hear of them un- unless they make big discoveries again. Um, and they do think that, it, it must be noted, we don't know, uh, no one knows anything about these Borgs other than they were found what they can change, what they can assimilate. And that they, they, so, can, they I- increase the overall amount of methane that these little methane producing bacteria. They yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so what they want to do is they want to see if they can put them essentially in, in the soils, which have already been... Um, changed in uh, in uh, to to aid the 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 earth uh, to to not break the ozone layer um they want to see if they can they can put them in there in in order to at the end of the day fix the ozone to fix greenhouse okay, so gases the whole to, thing to about these things is that they eat methane it seems they like oxidize that they, methane that that's what i mean so essentially they by have oxidizing properties. methane they they eat they like essentially eating it from the atmosphere Right? Yes. So that we, and, and we all know with, that methane is methane is a huge issue and one of the major contributors to global warming. Exactly. Ah. So so the fact that they show signs that they they oxidize methane and they can learn things from other cells. That's what they want to do now and basically create. Okay. So them. they want to create these or they want to harvest these borgs mm-hmm. to further enhance these methanotrophs. To increase yeah. their abilities to oxidize methane. That's what I'm getting from this. Yes. That sounds great in theory. It until does, but it's we also somehow scary. get a mutant methanotroph or whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> that then goes and either gobbles up all the methane, killing us because, you know, we have a very balanced. We uh, do need some. <laughs> you know, a very balanced, uh, um, you know, atmosphere. Or does the exact opposite and starts pushing it out. Right. That's the thing, and that's why I found the name so interesting. They've been called Borgs, like in Star Trek. Yes. Um, now, my knowledge about Star Trek isn't that great because I was never a Star Trek guy. I was a Stargate. Star Trek guy. is amazing. Um, <laughs> but aren't Borgs evil? So, they're they're considered evil because the Borgs, all the Borgs do is assimilate. So they'll go to a brand new world or whatever. And then mm-hmm. they'll take over the planet and assimilate, assimilate all the organic matter into the Borg hive mind. Therefore, not eradicating, but, you know, that, that civilization then technically disappears because they then become part of the Borg. Yeah. So then, you know, because then Borg is all. And then, yeah. um, you know, the, the Borg have these knowledge banks for everything. So mm-hmm. in that sense, yes, they're, I suppose, considered somewhat evil because they're taking over 
like cultures and entire civilizations without yeah. allowing them to have free will. See, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> no, I, why I don't pull think, the boards? I think it's just a cool name because remember the whole thing that you're talking about here, right? Is that mm-hmm. these Borgs, okay? Yeah, they share the a similar structure to methanotrophs. The yes. difference is that when they assimilate one of those things, those methanotrophs, Anything. they then they then take on the capabilities of the methanotroph, and then it's actually more efficient. That's that's the yeah, interesting they thing about to be yeah, more efficient. That's the, the, the most yes. interesting thing about this. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, as I just found this. Look, look. We really know that cellular agriculture is going to do a really good. Is going to go a really long ways. To reducing, at least we hope, methane excretion into the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, because if we can produce meat in a lab, there's no need for animals to be raised, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's maybe a, a much longer term scenario. Maybe this is a, a quicker short term thing. By making more of these Borg thingamabobs, they can oxidize more methane quicker. You know, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm just thinking. You know, if we go and we we try and do this, and maybe we make like a super Borg, and then we have problems. That's yeah, what I'm worried about. I agree because obviously we know nothing about them other than they exist. We don't know if they are viruses or they if they are plantoid type cells. That's the thing. It's it's weird. Okay. That. It, it's brand new, but they already have these plans for them, these grand plans. You know, this sounds exactly the same as when they go and dig in the Antarctic ice and then they want to thaw the bacteria that they've just found. And I'm like, y'all, that stuff has been put away. Don't do that. Is, that stuff doesn't, is not around anymore for good reason, because there's a very good chance we're not going to be able to combat it. Okay? Yes. Ain't nobody needing some 200 million year old dinosaur wiping bacteria back out in Earth. Okay? Please. <laughs> That's one of the theories for those who who don't know. <laughs> uh, it must be said that this, uh, the the entire research around these Borgs, it hasn't been peer reviewed yet as well. Okay, so maybe so, there's more to come from these things. Maybe they're not. I, as, I bet they're as uh, alien as they're being made out. Let's of, hope you know? not. <laughs> that, that's the conclusion. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, it's all we can do is hope. Well, Edward, uh, moving on from that, I see you mm-hmm. have some more NSFW. Yeah. Specifically I mean, in terms of more love languages? Like, yes. Haven't we so covered this already? We have. But um, because of our conversation last week about love languages and stuff, um, I actually went and did a a little bit of digging. I didn't find much except for this website, which anyone can go to and actually do quizzes. Now, they have three quizzes available on this website. Um, So the the website's called fivelovelanguages.com. And it's literally just you click on them and you do a little interactive quiz which which you just I, I actually options. see here they have it's not just love they also have apology no. language and anger assessment yes so basically <laughs> you do this and you're given a result obviously so i yeah. went ahead and i did all three of them and according to how they were i also wrote down just my 
quick notes on them. So basically the love language thing is not necessarily the thing you do, but it's it's the language you you are most susceptible to. Um, okay. They say it's your love language. I don't think so because that's it, it didn't really fit me, but it fit the way I prefer to to I don't know, to be loved is the best term, I guess. So in the love language quiz, I got the result of words of affirmation, which means I uh, um, I work best with words of affirmation, which is according to them what they say. Um, and then in the apology one, I, I think it's it's a little bit... It's, it's too nuanced, okay? So going okay, through this one, right. I got... I got the fact that I uh, have to my my apology language is accepting responsibility, um, which <laughs> I don't know. I think it's too elaborate for just to fit to work with everyone. This one, and then the third one is the anger one, which which intrigued me the most. Now this one isn't a language or anything; it's just telling you how good you manage your anger. Yes. And to me, my result was doing well but can improve. Okay, okay. so that's the that's what I got. It was the yellow one. And I think this one is a little bit too... Where, where the previous one was super elaborate, this one is super generalized. So I don't know how accurate those are. I am curious what you'll get once you do this. It, it, there I are was, lengthy quizzes. I wish you told me to do this before because yeah. I would love to have actually then discussed this with you because I'm trying to do it now. So I'm not actually listening to what you're saying, That's but fine. I realize it's, it's, it's really long. I'm not even like a quarter of the way through the thing. So I'm just yes. going to, I'm going to just close out of it. But, but next time, Ed, please, you, if it's something like this, you got to tell me to do it in advance that we can then talk about it. Cause now yeah, I'm just I thought like, about that, but I only <laughs> found this yesterday morning and I, I didn't, it flew by my mind throughout the day, but it, it's quite Best interesting. Normally do. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I just thought it's interesting for our listeners to go back to and maybe tell us what they get or if they want to not. So, okay. So maybe you've mentioned it already and I was just too busy trying mm. to do the quiz. Did you say that this affirms what you thought you identified with in the previous episode? Or Basically, does this no. Give- uh, uh, in a way, this tells you what you are most susceptible to i think well what works best with you not what you work with and not what you use with other people i think because it doesn't feel that the, the questions they ask is not the kind of questions like what you would do it, it's more along the lines of yeah what i saw you would it, like it's it's, it's yeah, yeah 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 okay but but you see so, but then they do go together though so if we think maybe. back to one of the previous love languages right where mm-hmm. um you know your love language might be gift giving yeah right then mm-hmm. you would assume that when you answer these questions you receiving a gift would link up with what you previously thought from the previous time we spoke about it see, you see what I i'm saying in my head it works a little bit differently um in terms of if someone gives me a gift i would feel loved fine but i would not necessarily give gifts because i i don't believe in giving gifts uh, to me it's not a thing that i like to do because i think they are material yes. i don't think For, they are yes yeah, yeah, yes yes so, yes yes but then in that scenario you would then answer here if the option was receive a gift or a hug from someone you would choose hug just as an example, uh, yeah, just, not, yeah, don't I look at it literally. Like, so just, they do go hand in hand. So yeah, yes, I get you. From the little bit that I've seen now, because I do wish that I had been able to do this beforehand, 
Mm. It looks like, to an extent, maybe not completely, they are like to me it would be interesting to see if what you thought you were before correlates with what they think you are now now yeah, yeah, unfortunately yeah. i haven't i i mean the little bit that i've done now i can't really give enough of an opinion of unfortunately yeah yeah um but interesting nonetheless uh, is I, i'm curious is is this scientifically backed this love language um, thing? I don't think it is. Um, I didn't. But find at least any... it's not a BuzzFeed one, so at least it's not gonna you're not gonna like pop up and be like you love like Simba does or whatever. <laughs> 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 no, it, it it feels like this is nice and grounded. They put some a lot of thought into this one, um, which I, I just find like. it interesting that they did more than just love though. Like they have apology and anger. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I dig that they do have more. It's not just this one thing. Mm. Which which is nice to have, I think. It's nice to, to see that, oh, I my anger is doing well but can improve, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, it's it's nice to, to know that, I guess. <laughs> um it's 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 just a cool little thing I found. Um Okay, well maybe when when you once you've managed these languages, either from the previous time we've spoken about it or now, it could make you go for longer. Maybe it could, actually. <laughs> um, so I found this a list from the Cosmopolitan, no less. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But hear me out. It's quite interesting. You um, know, you're literally giving us a resource from a magazine that all in the span of its 40 pages tells you to lose weight, what cake you should eat, and, you know, how to lose a man and get one. Like, yes. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, they're trying all the bases. I I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Something for no, everyone, I, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I get what you're saying, but I do find this list quite intriguing. It's a list of 19 ways that you can try and lengthen your your sex, I guess, if you feel it's either too, too short or if you even have maybe ED. There are many ways they list that you can lengthen it, which is basically just all of them, I guess, this not is- in retrospect very similar to what we've already spoken about very similar but there are a yeah. few things so 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 to 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 I see LDR one or two extras yeah so i mean i know yeah. that like you know we have previously in the past we've spoken about breathing and yes. toys and foreplay yes. and yep. um you know rubbing one out before the actual event before so, six, so, yes. like we've covered most of the basics i see you have highlighted a few i'm assuming these yes. are the main ones you want to talk about today exactly a little bit different okay okay so 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 among the list as you said uh, there are even made made um getting a perpendicular uh, using perpendicular sex positions which is just you know well we mentioned that in the shorter penis episode a while back yeah. but one of these, well, a few of these, particularly to begin with number three, is to dabble in some CBD fun. Now, this ah. one stood out to me because I know you and I spoke about CBD and sleep earlier this yes. week. Yes. Um, um, so we haven't mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, mainly because we don't talk about lack of sleep anymore because y'all just know that this is not the, the it's norm. just okay? a given. <laughs> but I really, really haven't been in the last couple of weeks. and I'm just exhausted. And so... I've been reading about benefits of CBD. Now, CBD with minus the THC, because THC is the thing that makes you go cray-cray. And I'm curious to know if it will help. I have ordered. We're waiting. But because of the looting and riots and stuff, I'm not sure when it'll arrive. But 
yeah, when it does, I'll let y'all know if it helped with this too. <laughs> no, well, who, who yeah, kidding? maybe who it might. Kidding? It's lockdown. Ain't nothing happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, according to sex toy company Lioness, um, 73% of their surveyed participants, now we don't know how many people there were that were surveyed, uh, just 73% of them agreed that cannabis oil increased the length of their partnered sex. And increased as much by 51%. You know? So let's say... No, but that makes sense, right? Because if you think about... I mean, okay, okay. This, this is... If it's just slightly... I don't know if it's related or not. I have read previously about people who smoke cannabis, how they actually mm-hmm. end up with ED. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, I actually and read it's about specifically, that well. And it's specifically why it is often why they dissuade teens specifically from smoking cannabis because it can Maybe actually, that's it, it they... can interrupt that um no really it can it can it can interrupt no, no, their, I get that. their growth cycle in that instead of going oh cannabis is a gateway drug they should say cannabis makes you let, have less sex in your old age boom that let me tell well, you, what about that's not that? going to stop you that's not going to stop you from doing it i don't know like what weed for. breaks your peen <laughs> weed breaks your peen i'm going to put that on a on a sign somewhere outside <laughs> <laughs> Are you you finally embracing your old man status, Edward? Oh, of course. I don't like anyone. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Exactly. I'm that guy. Um, And then moving down to number five, we have um, have them tap into lower levels of arousal. Now, them being your spouse who maybe doesn't last that long or maybe even yourself who doesn't last that long because and this is interesting to me because it it's something that i think i suffered with a while ago as well now when i say a while ago i mean 10 years ago um but it's basically being so hyper aroused that you just don't last at all in bed so meaning it, you're you're hyped you're you're going into your first uh, it's the and expectation which then ruins the yes, yeah. ruins the delivery yeah, i guess yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. basically just be just chill out essentially is what they're saying um, so basically the, uh, the answer <laughs> <laughs> where where weed would 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 make you too mellow if you're that hyper gets uh, Get some weed. All of these play into each other because this specifically plays into practicing mindfulness, which is literally something we spoke about in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is why I idolized that one. And then going down is try to focus on your partner's pleasure to take the pressure off. Now, this is something that everyone always say, but it's no one really understands what it means. No, but but okay, okay. Explain what you were. Yeah, explain what you mean. So, so essentially, is instead of getting all up into it getting all hyped again like number five um just try and focus solely on pleasuring your partner on on getting your partner aroused getting him or her you know done i guess Uh, and then in a way that'll go back to you and your pleasure lasting longer and that that's goes a into bit of a double-edged sword, though. I know it is. And that's you know? the thing. Because at the end of the day, everyone's going to focus on their partner, aren't they? Well, um, no. Some people don't. But what I mean by that is, what if you're... Okay, now, this is now, all of a sudden, we're going a little bit more, like, in-depth into this. But, like... No, please, do you? What if it's somebody who 
goes through life looking for affirmation. Mm-hmm. And so you're with your partner and you, you're doing this kind of thing and they're just not responding, but not responding in a bad way, just not reaching the level of, oh, that they should be. You know, See, you, you, that might really make you feel terrible. Yes. You're especially if you're an overachiever, I, you see? See, and, and that's where it comes back into the fact that you need to find someone who's compatible with you. Mm. Um, I think at the end of the day, if, if you're not happy, whether it's in bed, whether it's everywhere else, maybe as good as it seems, they are not the best for you. Um, I think. Although because it's not be all and end all either. You know, sometimes no, of people course have not. better relationships, even though their sex lives are terrible. Yeah, I've heard that as well. But in my mind, everything should just be good. You know, if you if there are certain aspects that are not as good, yeah, what's the yeah. point? Um, and then just below that is try training, which means just just continue doing that. Continue buy yourself a flashlight. <laughs> yes, and then be happy. <laughs> yeah, teach yourself how to edge, which is another one going down. It's yeah. edging is basically just always reaching your peak and then not, but forcing yeah. yourself not to. Basically, yeah, train, train, train. It's it's the same as exercising. Actually, the, the one really good thing about that is it's, that's also to do with tantric. It's, oh yes, it's related. Mm. Yeah. That I can believe. And then number 13, which so we're skipping toys, we're skipping foreplay because we all know about those stuff. Number 13 says, take advantage of the men's refractory period. Now, that's obviously if there are a penis owner in your life. Um, the refractory period is basically, for those who don't know, after you've ejaculated, the man essentially goes lump, is tired, um, he doesn't want to to have the sex anymore i'm done um, yo <laughs> yeah he wants to go to bed is the is the cliche but if you're up for a second round try to do it as soon as possible because if you're one of those guys who can get it up again real quickly or if you just take a little 10 minute break go have a little sandwich well, I mean, or drink, drink a glass of water i mean if you it depends if you, were, if you just if you were uh, within like 30 seconds you should be able to go again like almost immediately after it <laughs> no the refractory period uh, the average is two to three minutes apparently oh wow the ref- okay. because the, it's just your blood cells they're not going to come back immediately <laughs> um, even if you ejaculated like in 30 seconds um so take advantage of that because many men can keep it up or can get it up again sooner and they say after right after that um the sensitivity is basically long gone. You can go as much as you want until that returns, uh, until the period has gone. And then obviously, then let's say you've, um, you, you're a premature ejaculator, then that's when that co- kicks in again. So you can maybe score five or t- of five to 10 minutes of sex out of this just by taking advantage of your refractory period. Mm. Um, which is a good one. It, that's a good note, I believe. And then the last one that got me is to squeeze the tip. Uh, so, sorry, squeeze the, the base. Uh, of your I was just going to say penis. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you know this one. You know this one that you're talking about. Right? That's what those rings mm-hmm. are for. You know that, yes, right? Yes, essentially, ideally. Yeah. So the ring it does to, it does the squeezing and it does the pleasuring of the the clitoris and all that. Uh, this is just 
while you're pumping or whatever and you feel like you're getting close or or rather you know your your partner is getting close just instead of doing i don't know just instead of laying there and being almost disappointed just go in have some fun with your hands and do a, a gentle squeezing of the base apparently that will lighten the load and get him going oh, for longer wow okay so okay. yeah and I found that super interesting. Super, Can you do it to yourself? Or do they need to do it to you? No, I, I believe it's also to yourself. Um, yeah, okay. I, I <laughs> Asking for believe a so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually, I'm willing to try it out actually because it's quite interesting to, to know that you can do that. I didn't know. Um, That's very and then, cool, yeah. And then they go into the usual stuff like, again, the sex positions, the yoga, Pilates, it helps for Kegel exercises, basically. Mm. And then also medication, which is just, if you if your partner does suffer from ED or premature ejaculation, there is always scientific um, solutions, med- medical solutions for everything. And I believe all in science. I believe in if you're not happy with something and it can be fixed by any means, fix it by any means. Okay. And yeah, that's the list. And that's okay. So you're all for science and for fixing things with even medical yes. means, right? Even medical. Okay. Yeah? Keep that in mind as we okay. end. NSFW. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we've spoken mm. about some CBD, and you've been speaking about taking some other medication slash mm. drugs to help with whatever it is that's going on in your your sex life or lack thereof. And so that brings me to <laughs> the film Synchronic, starring okay. that guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, Jamie Dornan, and <laughs> new Captain America, Anthony Mackie. <laughs> avoid, okay. avoid, avoid. <laughs> Just don't look the, the moment you mentioned <laughs> the moment you mentioned Jamie Dornan, I know it was bound to be I mean crap. he's not terrible, right? He, the only movies I've seen of him are Fifty Shades, <laughs> and they are all crap. Okay, look, look. A brief overview of Synchronic is it's about these two police, these two um, EMTs, um, and they they consistently are helping the police try to bring people back to life who have been overdosing on this drug called Synchronic. Um, and then from then on, and the movie's not super long i think it's like an hour hour and 40 minutes or whatever but for about a full hour it's this weird weird ass drama of anthony mackie's character has cancer but he's not telling anybody about it and then they're consistently finding people that are taking the synchronic drug and are either disappearing or weird things are happening to them like they get stabbed with like uh, this knife that is clearly doesn't look like it's from their dimension. All right. As weird as, as strange as that sounds. Or okay. anyway, I'm just going to tell you because it's, it's, it's not worth watching. So the crux of the film is that these synchronic pulls allow you to time travel. Um, and the way that they do that, they don't really explain it too well, but it's got something to do with your pineal gland and your brain or your pituitary gland or something like that. And if you take the pull while you're while that part of your brain is still developing, it will transport you to another point in time 
and you'll never be able to come back. So okay. what then also ends up happening is Anthony Mackie's character just, just so happens to have a brain tumor on exactly that piece of his brain. And so when he takes the synchronic tablets, he gets transported to different parts, different places in time. And it's all about depending on where you're standing will determine where in time you get sent back. I know it's it's just as convoluted and stupid as it sounds, all right? The issue with the film is that it's shot like an art house film okay. in that, you know, it's got this very unique look, very unique vibe. And it's like drama for like an hour and 15 minutes and then maybe 15, 20 minutes of sci-fi. Mm. And it's just weird. It's this weird disconnect because it's just... Do you know what it really felt like? It felt like a unnecessarily long episode of Black Mirror on Netflix where it could have been absolutely condensed into like a 45-minute short story, but they decided to turn it into an hour and 40-minute movie instead. And, uh, okay. you know, in so doing, it's slow, way too slow that it needs to be, and boring. You know, because... They're trying to develop these characters, but you just don't care about them that much mm. for them to be developed. Like, 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 what is it supposed to be? Is it supposed to be a, a time travel sci-fi, or are we are we watching a drama? Because it kind of wants to be a bit of both, but it just doesn't work as either. Um, you know, and eventually uh, Jamie Dornan's daughter, of course, takes. You find out that she took some chronic and she's now disappeared. So then, Anthony Mackie tries his best with the last remaining synchronic in the universe because the scientist who's made it has died suddenly. So okay, okay. <laughs> he now has like eight synchronic pulls left or whatever to try and find uh, Dornan's daughter in the past hmm. somewhere. And he goes and goes, 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 and then eventually finds her. But then the way that the whole thing works is if you're not in the same spot that you were standing in when you were transmitted back to the past, by the time that it, the effect wears off and you have to be returned back to the future, you get stuck in the past. Okay. And so he gets injured in the final scene where he goes to, to rescue Do uh, Dornan's daughter and naturally doesn't make it back. <laughs> and that's the film in a Heart nutshell. Wrenching. That's the film in a nutshell. It's just... okay. That sounds it's, convoluted as It's, you know, I kind of enjoyed the premise a little bit. You know, the, the sci-fi bits of it were, were decent, actually. It's mm. just the overall execution is just so bad. Like, mm. if you're going to do the story of these pills that somehow send you into the past and whatever, 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 make that the focus of the movie. Don't give me drama for an hour and 15 minutes about these cops that are best friends and the one doesn't tell him about the brain tumor. And oh, it's just, it was just so like, what is happening? What is happening? Mm. This is stupid, you know? Anyway, Synchronic, not worth your time at all, despite having an interesting premise. And unfortunately, this okay. leads me on to another film that's really not worth it. <laughs> More I, I had stuff. very high yeah i know what a great way to end the episode right um <laughs> i had very high hopes for this film and it's called nomads land um you know starring Frances mcdormand who is an absolutely exceptional actress now this movie is not terrible it's 
shot beautifully. Again, very art house like. But nothing happens. It's just. Wait. You just, is, yeah? Is this the one where she goes around doing stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. So, the okay. premise of Nomad's Land is Frances McDormand is this woman who has worked for this um, steel sheeting company for basically her entire life. And this company goes under, it closes. But now this, it, you know, it's typical small town America whereby this this company was so big, it was so massive, it even had its own area code. And obviously all the people that worked there all lived within that area code. So what that ends up happening is um, the sheet factory closes down um, and everybody loses their jobs and that act- that area code actually then gets cancelled. So nobody's allowed to mm. live there anymore. I don't know, something to that effect. But long story short, all the people lose their jobs, they have no money, so what do you do? Okay. So then she takes it upon herself to become a modern nomad, from what I understand. She gets a, um, a caravan and she lives in it and that's it. You watch her go from place to place, meeting different kinds of people. And that's it. That is that is the film. <laughs> there is no is that the plot. There is no narrative. It's okay. it's it's the weirdest weirdest thing. So I really enjoy documentaries and I very much enjoy dramas. What I do not enjoy is a drama shot like a documentary with zero narrative. And that is Nomad's Land. <laughs> See it's interesting to me because, number one, this film is getting rave reviews and it's rated as one of the best of 2020. Do you, do you um, want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because America, I think. First of all, first Don't of all, you think? it's Frances McDormand's portrayal, okay? Okay. It's believable. She comes mm-hmm. across as a destitute woman who is living a nomad lifestyle. So mm. I, you, I, you cannot fault McDormand in this role. She's, she's mm. exquisite, okay? Exquisite in the sense of a documentary feature featuring somebody that the cameras are following. That's what I mean. Okay. It's believable. Yeah. She comes across as that kind of a character. Yeah. Secondly, you are right. It is very American. And by that, I mean the film clearly showcases the plight of a poor American. Someone who mm. cannot afford health care who cannot afford ends meet, who does anything that they can to earn minimum wage, whether that's Mm. working for Amazon or being a cashier for a day or whatever the case is, okay? Because of that, I would imagine the film is highlighting something that cinema often doesn't look at, and that is the poverty in America. You know, we come from a third world country. We come from South Africa, which has a massive divide between the people who have and those who have not. And to the point where that's actually caused incredible emotions and strife in our country at the moment where South Africa feels like it's burning. um, Quite literally as well, not just figuratively. And so, you know... Me, as somebody who comes from a country like this, watching this movie, it feels so... <laughs> you don't really know what poverty is. That's, you know, like, that's the... The, 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 the You know, 
the whole thing of like, I don't mean that in a terrible way, because obviously poverty is poverty. It doesn't matter if you're from a first world nation or from a third world nation, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels, as Edward said, very American. This is American poverty. So Americans will watch this and be like, oh man. Me as a South African watching this is just like, mm-hmm. What's so special about this lady living in a caravan? Because what I can see, she has a caravan, which means she has a home, which means she has food and she can keep warm. That is a far mm. cry from many of the people in South Africa, okay, who yep. don't have even the basics like water on a daily basis. So, you know, it's just, I don't mean to be overly critical about it, okay? It's just that there's also, there's no, there's no narrative here. You know, very much like the other Oscar award-winning movie that we spoke about, Minari, right? Which I told you yes. was like a snapshot of Korean life in, yes. what was it, 80s America, 70s America, right? So this is effectively an hour and a half snapshot of modern-day poor America, where See, you're just watching this lady go, go from town to life. town, motion to motion, you know, you have these beautiful exposition shots of her just walking in the desert. It's the sun is setting in the desert. And you're just like, okay. But there's nothing there. I think <laughs> the reason why there is nothing nothing there is because this is based on a non-fiction book. Oh. Called Nomadland Surviving America in the 20th First Century. I did not know that it was based on a book. That's news to it's, me. It's literally just talking about Living as a nomad. That's the book. But you see, like, don't so, get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with with. Well, my my but that's my, my, my biggest issue is that it's shot like a documentary, but it's yeah. not a documentary. So there's no one talking to you about what's going on. You know, there's no one explaining the hardships. It's just here. Watch this lady mm. go through hardships. Okay, and it's now weird. that's it. Yeah, like, like why? Okay. So I, I, I do understand the Oscar buzz, all right? But at the same mm. time, I don't. You know, something like, what was that film called? Years ago, it was um, Slumdog Millionaire. Now that. That's a good movie. Now that is a fantastic film. Yes, And amazing that movie. is how you portray um, discrepancies between haves and haves nots with yes. the story. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I look at that movie and I look at... Nomad's Land. There's a huge difference between the two, and I would just not recommend Nomad's Land. Sorry. It's just, yep. it just feels I like, that. you know, it sounds stupid. We, we, we were so bored watching it. Like I said, it was just this woman, and she's going through these terrible things. And yes, sure, it's terrible. But like, there's nothing, mm. there's nothing, ha- like, why do I care when we're already going through so much already in our own country? Do you get what I mean, right? Whereas yeah. Slumdog Millionaire had this beautiful story attached to it. You know, how this person went from rags to riches. Now, now, it's not that Hollywood always has to show rags to riches, okay? But don't make a Hollywood movie and shoot it like a documentary unless you're making a documentary. That's all I'm mm. going to say about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are two movies I wouldn't recommend. And uh, thank you for getting to the end of <laughs> <laughs> um, On a more positive note, we have some cool things that are, are happening in the background regardless of What's actually happening in the country at the moment. And one of those is that I am finally eligible for vaccination. So I will be going for it fairly soon. Um, you know, I have to just wait for my turn to come around. Although I am um, also going to try and see if I can do a walk-in. Um, I won't just be myself. I'm going to be taking people that are within in my life who are also eligible to go with. And I'm hoping my parents will join me too. 
And yeah, it's, it's, it's that part is very exciting. We're finally getting to, I wouldn't, don't want to say the end of COVID, but it's nice to be able to maybe have the idea that normalcy exists after being in lockdown for a year and a half. I cannot wait to stand <laughs> near you and get 5G. I cannot wait for that. Soon. It's going to be amazing. Soon, Edward. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know what uh, secret messages Bill Gates has for you. Okay, don't worry. Okay, cool, cool. Um, you know, he'll Thanks. obviously transmit them to me while I'm sleeping and then um, I'll jot them down in the morning and I'll let you know what he yeah, says. Yeah, like in your dreams, you know. Get a dream journal because that's going to be... Yes, exactly. <laughs> Watch me be able to sleep after getting... <laughs> Actually, I do think that will... Okay, so in all seriousness, I do think that will play a role in you being able to sleep better because Maybe. you'll It'll... have less stress. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Goodness knows we're all stressed enough as it is. And for those of you who are in South Africa and are listening, please note that we wish you all well and we hope that whatever you're going through, that you get through it because it's tough yeah. for a lot of people at the moment. Um, Edward and I are more of the privileged few folk who are okay. We're helping in our own ways without needing to talk about it. Um, but if you are out there and you are, you know, if you've suffered, know that there are more people who want something better for this country than those who want to rip it apart. Hmm. And that's my solemn message for the end of Gettle 65. Season two, episode 23. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Now, please go get some CBD oil so you can feel better after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like to enjoy some CBD, ask your partner to do some exercises and squeeze your base or something. Oh my God. Enjoy yourself. Um, with that in mind thank you once again for listening and we look forward to seeing you all again for our next episode so until then ciao for now bye